come on, let's pray. I do believe everyone is here and believing that God would speak to them. Even if you are a guest and you haven't even thought of that, I want to remind you that our God's a faithful God. It says that earthly parents, if they give their good their children a good gift, how much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? Um, it says we don't have because we don't ask. So let's ask God to speak to us. Um, and I promise you, He knows exactly what you're going through. He loves you as an individual. And if you, even if you have no relationship with Him, why don't you ask Him right now to reveal Himself or speak to you about something that He needs to speak to you about. Let's open up our lives. Come on, God, we come to you now and we just love you. We thank you that you are an awesome Father, that you say if we ask for your Holy Spirit, you'll give it to us. And, and you say if we don't have because we don't ask. So we're coming to ask. We ask that you speak to us all. You know us all as individuals, what we're going through, the pain we're going through, anything that's confusing us, thing, questions we have. God, we know that you can answer these things. God, even as we look at your word this morning, that Holy Spirit, you'd speak to people. Um, so we come to you now. We're not perfect, but we have this desire to hear from you and to honor you. So even as we have this desire, we submit to you right now. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray for protection around us and our family, everyone in the building and online, and our kids and kids. Church, we pray for protection around us, and we pray that you'd speak to us, you'd bring breakthrough to us um, in our lives in Jesus' name. Everyone believed it said, Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. Um, let's see, of course, we are live online. I can see people on Facebook, I can see people on YouTube. Um, I've got that open, and of course, we've got people on church online. So, if you are, if you've got your device, you can open up our Facebook and you can actually share the service. And any of your friends, what happens is it actually shows up on their Facebook page, your friends, um, that you're watching it. So, it's a simple way to invite your friends to church. Say, hey, have a look in at what I'm sitting in right now, and you can share the service as a simple way to reach your world. So, why don't you do that right now. I want to welcome everyone who's here for the first time. Uh, my name is Andre. Uh, my wife and I lead View Church Table View. We also got uh, one in Malkbos. Leanne's there this morning. And then we're about to launch View Church Camps Bay on the 17th of October. We are super excited. Uh, Matt is leading that location and has done a phenomenal job. We're building a dream team there. And, and we are just excited for what's about to happen. We really believe something amazing is going to be happening in Camps Bay. So why don't you pray with us? And if you have any friends on the Atlantic seaboard who are not in a church, why don't you invite them? 17th of October, we will be launching the church. Um, we, of course, are also launching, and, and if you guys don't know about this, something you guys do, we're launching a brand new song tonight, a praise song. We've written four new songs, so tonight we, we, we are letting everyone taste the first song. So that will be in our 6 p.m., so you can join us, you can register at the door. Um, anytime we launch a new song, it is, it's just a really good time, good time of worship. So why don't you join us tonight, and Sabelo is going to be preaching tonight. This, you know, Sabelo is a phenomenal young guy, um, and, and listen, I can, uh, I, I want to encourage you guys to, to come, I can say it with confidence that you'll be blessed, um, our younger guys and girls who are being raised up in our church are better than the older guys, and I, they, I'm double his age by quite a bit, like, you know, like double and a few more years, so, so, so I can say that I'm an older guy, but he's a younger guy, but I promise you, these guys are really sons, and we have daughters in the house, and they're phenomenal, and um, I, he actually went, I went through his message on Thursday, and I felt that it was better than mine, so I actually just tried to throw him off track a bit. I said, I wouldn't say that. Is that really in the Bible? 
like, do you really think God's going to use you, Bruce? Anyway, no, no, no. Like, then I realized maybe I'm getting aggressive. Only joke. I didn't say that, but his message is really good. So you don't miss it. And we've got a new praise song. So please join us tonight. It's going to be amazing. And this year we got a front door. Um, uh, it's crazy. This church is built on the, 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 the highest piece of land in the Tailview area. We never knew that. The water tower is across the road. And, and I always think of that scripture. It says in the end times, the, the temple of God will be on the highest point and everyone will flock to it. I believe that that will be our church as we move closer towards that, those end times. And, and so um, we, people, we're very visual as a church. So people come here. So we got a front door. We've always got first time guests in pretty much every service. I think, yeah, every service. And so we got a big front door, but for you to reach your destiny, you need to make sure you don't walk out of our back door, okay? So so if you come in the front door, the key way to not walk out the back door is to get into relationships. That's how we close the back door. And and you'll see our logo is in a circle. And, and we, we say it's, the reason we've done that is because we believe that you can learn a row, but you're gonna grow in a circle in relationships. And we got more than enough people in our church for you to find people that you get on with, okay? That's why being in a bigger church is a bigger blessing. Sometimes in a, being in a smaller church, you might not find somebody you get on with, but in a bigger church, there's a bigger chance of finding a friend, okay? So, so we encourage you to find a friend to close the back door. So I don't know for some of you if you think it's a bit of deja vu. Uh, for anyone online, you, you might see I'll lift it up there. I have got a moon boot on. And you're going, didn't I see you wear a moon boot a while back? Well, actually, it's just fashion now, guys. Actually, I'm going to get a moon boot on each foot. If Kanye can wear weird stuff, I can do it as well. And we can call it trend. But but actually, I've gone back in a way. Um, in June, I tore my Achilles tendon. And I was on a recovery sort of journey. Then I took my daughters to the beach. And a while back, and then my one daughter sort of floating out. They're seven and nine. And, and yeah, they, I just taught them how to swim at like 18 months and said, okay, now they know so they can go. So at one point, Zara's like drifting out to sea. I'm like, Zara, come back. Juliana, go fetch your sister. Juliana's like catching waves. No, look, I don't want to. And then I had to go out. And um, as I got out there, I slipped under a rock. Um, listen, at Big Bay, there's been so much erosion within building even the bay. All of these rocks have shown up in the sea. So, um, and I tweeted and I think I did some damage to it. Um, I went to a physio and I started the recovery process, but I, I must probably had taken my, my, uh, my leg backwards. Um, then last week, not this last Friday, the Friday before that, I took my daughter surfing um, and I was pushing Juliana on, because they bodyboard, now they're learning how to surf. I was pushing them onto waves. And of course in the water, you actually don't know sort of, um, uh, sort of where, where you're putting pressure on your, your leg because you mean there's less weight in the water you know and so I was pushing and I didn't realize I was putting my tendon under pressure because I've been going to rehab for quite a while and I tore it again boom and luckily I was in water so what I did was I just threw water over my face and said I was swimming and, and I, that I wasn't crying Anyway, so, but, but boy, it was more sore than the first time. The first time I tore it high up and it was close to um, a nerve. So all feeling was lost in my leg. Um, the second time it was lower down, so it was, my nerve was working fine. <laughs> and so I felt all of the pain. And um, 
So I'm going for an operation on Tuesday. Um, the, the doctor says he hasn't seen it, and the Achilles tendon torn in two places. Anyway, at the top and the bottom. So, so I've been a bit fragile when it comes to mo movement, as you can tell. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt fragile. Actually, that's what I want to speak to you about today, is that if you want to change your world, you first need to change on the inside and get agile, and, and move away from being fragile. And so if, if you change like that on the inside, you'll be able to be the change that you want to see in your world. And, and one of the greatest people in the Bible who was agile was the Apostle Paul. Listen, yeah, that guy faced everything. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He, he had death threats put out to him as he preached the gospel. But he carried on living. A famous verse that we know is that he said, I'm all things to all men. He was also agile when it came to relationships. And today, I want to encourage you that if you're going to change your world, you need to move from being fragile to agile. And I trust that that this will help you today. But in Philippians 3 verse 13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. And this is Apostle Paul speaking. But one thing I do, he says there's, there's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we see right at the front end of today that Apostle Paul was an agile person. He was a flexible person. He, he faced so much, but he carried on serving God and reaching people and impacting his world because he said, there's one thing I do. I forget what's behind and I press on towards the goal. He, he's pressing on towards eternity, towards the prize that is Christ Jesus. Jesus is your greatest prize you'll ever have in this life. There's a scripture that tells a story of, it says if a man finds a treasure and he sees it, he puts soil back over the treasure he finds in the field and he sells everything to go buy that field so that he can take hold of the treasure. He, he realizes that everything he's been looking for has been found and that's how it is for you and your relationship with Jesus. You might not even know that, but I promise you, as you get, open up your heart to Christ, you will find that He is more than enough. He is everything. He is all-powerful. He's almighty. He's all-knowing. He's all-loving. And Paul got this revelation. Now, if you know the apostle Paul, he was uh, uh, a Pharisee of all Pharisees. He was educated, educated man. He was a leader in the religious community. And he was pretty much, if there was a jacket, you know what I mean? Have you seen those dudes at school that's got every badge on their jacket? Like I had the other jacket. Like but there was so much space on my jacket. And then I had my friends with the other jacket. You know what I mean? Like I was like, do you want, do you want to share some of that on my jacket? I've got space here for your rewards. But, but you met those dudes. They got the trim on the jacket. They got a double trim on the jacket. Like, you know, they, they, they've even got a different color jacket to what you have. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're the creme de la creme at your school. Paul was the creme de la creme of, of religion. And he was persecuting the church because Jesus was almost in a, for they saw it as an attack on, on their inner circle because they prided in being religious and they lauded it over people, them, their education and their, 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 their rulership. 
And Jesus comes, and he's a friend of sinners. He loves people. He shows them grace. So, so they didn't really dig Jesus. And Paul ends up persecuting the church on the back end of Jesus' resurrection and the gospel moving forward. Paul was almost activating the church because people dispersed as they've been persecuted. And he was the one who held the jackets as Peter, Stephen got stoned, one of the first martyrs for the gospel. He was present there. He then has an encounter on the road to Damascus, and Jesus says, Paul, why are you doing this to me? Lord, I, I thought I was doing this for you. No, no, you're doing this against me. You're not building my kingdom. You're trying to hurt my kingdom by killing Christians, by putting a head out on Christians. So, so, so Paul had a lot that he had to let go of. And he had everything to get to receive as he focused on Christ. Because in that moment, he realized, I've actually been walking away from God, and I need to walk away from what I was walking towards to start to walk towards Jesus. And in that moment, he became agile. He lived in the stretch. He says, I forget what's behind. I press on to what's ahead. If you've got nothing to stretch for, there will be a season of being fragile. Maybe not even a season. Maybe you'll live a life of being fragile. You know, a lot of us get fragile and we become high maintenance. I don't know if you have anyone who's really become fragile and if you upset them, they'll bite your heads off. Anyone? Maybe you have been that person. Come on, let's be honest. Who's been fragile yet and you would bite someone's head off? You've added up to, yeah, you're tired, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, and you're friendly at work and at home you are really hard to live with. Because normally it's the people we're closest to, our loved ones, who experience our, our stress and our anxiety and, and our worry. There was a study done um, in um, over three decades uh, where they chose Canadian, American, and European individuals who, in the corporate sector, they saw these people as truly gifted people who they thought would uh, attain a lot in life. So they put them on a fast track, and then on the back end of the fast track, they, they tracked their lives. And what they saw was that some people succeeded and others didn't. And then they went to find out what derailed some people and what caused others to be successful. What's crazy, the two derailment factors they found were poor people skills and the inability to adapt. Poor people skills and the inability to adapt. And I almost think when I read that, I think Paul says, um, all things to all men. And he says, I was beaten, I was flogged, the inability to adapt. Then they came up with the two success factors um, for the people who actually achieved. You must remember, all these people were gifted. All these people had the grades. All these people had uh, got the information they needed, and they had the gift set. But, but only some succeeded, and they found the ones who succeeded, here's the number one factor, was an ability to adapt. The second success factor was people skills. Of course, for us as a church, we've always said uh, one of our key values is relationship. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with each, with each other. Uh, you know, you can't say, the Bible even says you can't say that you, you love God, but you hate your brother. Uh, you can't. 
Um, the only way you can serve God is by serving people. And even as we love God, we need to love people because He created people. Every one of you are His creation. He sees you all as valuable. Scripture says he, there's nothing you can do to make Him love you more or less. He loves you. And He would like us to see with His eyes the people in front of us. He'd like us to love them. I think a lot of us derail ourselves and our destiny, our purpose, just with being unable to adapt in a world that's changing. Um, You know what I mean? There's one thing that's constant, it's change. The world is changing, and your world's going to change. Our message doesn't change, but we do have different rhythms, and we find different systems that add value. We saw it in COVID. We had to adapt. The message didn't change. We went online. Uh, we had to start to Zoom. Um, and now we've seen that there's an opportunity to spread the gospel even online and, and even um, not being in person. But, but we had to adapt. Um, for, for others, you'll see in your relationships, uh, you used to be so close as a married couple. And then every year you grew further apart. You not growing in your relationship actually hurt the covenant you made before God. Um, you, you can see with your children, maybe you're not connected to your children anymore, but, but your relational skills are going to add huge value. They're not only going to help you reach your destiny, but they're also going to allow you to enjoy what I think you really want to enjoy in life, your marriage, your children, the, the community you live in. But Paul was flexible. I pointed out in 2 Corinthians 11, I mentioned it, but, but Paul says, I've worked much harder I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Um, I've been constantly on the move. I've spent night and day in open sea. Um, Sorry, I've spent night and day in open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've, I've known hunger and thirst. I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. This is the same guy who wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, when he went to prison, um, he had a prison guard next to him. Even though he was in prison, he went, wow, I can actually minister to this guy. I can tell him about Jesus because this guy's now chained to me, poor dude. You know what I mean? Now he's going to get to know Jesus. I'm going to pray for him every day. And I'm going to write a letter to the churches, write different letters. You and I were blessed by Paul's prison time because most of the New Testament came from Paul's prison time. You and I were blessed from that time because he was Agile. He never got fragile. He kept on keeping on. You and I were called and to pursue heaven, to live for eternity, but there are going to be times that we are going to have to be moving forward. They reckon um, in COVID, if you're a business owner, if you're a leader of any organization or a church, if you're the leader in your family, one of the greatest leadership gifts, leadership gifts you could use or um, skills is the ability to navigate, um, to, to actually start to be think ahead of your time. Um, to actually just think a bit further ahead and go, this could happen, this could happen. But even more than just thinking further ahead, by positioning yourself in your relationship with God so that the Holy Spirit can reveal what's ahead. So even as a staff, we, we pray and we worship before every staff meeting. I want to do this, our staff meetings 
in God's presence. Uh, I don't wanna do a long staff meeting outside of God's presence. I'd rather spend more time worshiping and praying and do a short meeting in His presence. More can get done in His presence. Of course, we know through worship, you're entering to the throne room of God. In that space, we've made decisions. We've planned the future. Um, we, we've looked at what's ahead. You know, when last year in May, we started writing down dates where we thought the church would open. We phoned, Leanne used her contact. She's a medical doctor, my wife. And, and we just started to plan. This could happen. This could. We started to plan different scenarios. We started to dream about new locations. We said if we plant these, maybe in 2021, we could plant a church in Atlantic Seaboard. We started speaking about Camps Bay, which launches October 17th in May last year. But, but, but we, we currently have already got a plan for December in case there's a fourth wave. We're praying that there wouldn't be a fourth wave. We pray that God would do some, a miracle in our land. That's what we pray for. But we don't get despondent. We keep staying agile. We've got a few plays we can run for Christmas. We're speaking about next year. We already put out a map for 2022. But we do it in God's presence. We become navigators. We, we don't just sit as victims of what is happening. We forget what's behind. We press on to the future. We press on towards the prize. We believe God's got plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Give us a hope and a future. I believe God wants to bless you, bless your business. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your children. He wants to give you the, the, the job you've been dreaming of. I believe that. I don't think we have a father who's going to lie. I don't think God's trying to trick us. I don't think God does, isn't aware of COVID. It hasn't thrown him off track. It hasn't derailed his plans for you. But you need to position yourself. Are you positioning yourself in God's presence? Are you actually praying? It says we enter into the, the gates with thanks and enter into the throne room with praise, and then we, we're in his throne room. Are you making your decisions there? It's a basic thing. You could do it before work, even in the office, close the door. I praise you, God. I thank you, God. I worship praise you. I'm going to sit down, Holy Spirit. I'm going to write some ideas out. I'm going to write down two scenarios for my business, what could and could happen, or three scenarios. And you know, whatever comes, one of the three things will be our opportunity. Paul said, you know what I mean? I press on. Paul was also great with people. And I told you in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, he says, when I'm, when I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weakness for wanting to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news. I share in its blessings. Paul was saying, I'm all things to all men so that I can save some. I can see some come to Christ. He was great relationally. He wasn't, caught up. He wasn't, he, he wasn't pulled down. He was lifted up in Christ to help people up. But he connected with people. He didn't just speak down their weakness. He didn't just speak down their pain. He listened to them. You know, in a world that's marching and feeling unheard and overlooked, one of the best gifts you'll give to them is your ears. Let me understand. Wow. You know, last year, even as there was this chaos in our world and marches, you know, I think you guys know, if you've been at church long enough, I, I hate racism. Like, if, if you want to see me get into a fight, start speaking, putting people down. I need to watch myself. I hate our past. I, I am I'm so embarrassed about our past as a nation. And, and you go, oh, Andre, you're young, you were involved in it, but I take, I repent for it always I, I, I hate it 
And you know, even as we went through that time, we had a panel and we just heard people's stories. Listen, here's another thing. I want to remind you that you are a child of God. You're a victor. You're not a victim. You're an overcomer. So also, even as I, we've got we've got a world that's got issues, we've got Jesus who's got victory. Okay. So I need to remind you. Okay. Don't raise your children in the pain of your past. Raise them in the victory that you got in Christ. You're a child of God. So, so even though I'm, I'm, I need to be your pastor as well, I will, I will fight for our people. Um, um, politics is not my thing. Here's the deal. You know how you build a political party? In anger. You know how you build the church? In love. Okay, so, so we're not going to get angry and social media and back and this guy. and that, no, no. I'm not into that. We're wasting our time. We bring Jesus. We lift his name up. All men will be drawn to him. God will convict people of sin. But, but the reason I'm telling you this is, is, is we need to be flexible when it comes to our relationships. But the reason we can be is because we've already got everything we need. We've got Christ. And we're going to need, we're going to meet people who don't have Christ yet. They've got pain. They've not gone. No one's heard their pain. They've been overlooked, pushed down. They've never deserved it. And it's happened all around the world. But if we bring them Christ, see, you can, you can bring them a march and you can bring them a political party, but it's not going to help them. But if you bring them Jesus, like Paul said, I'm all things all means so that they would know Christ. You're going to change your world. And, and you're going to become the most flexible person because us in Christ, we've received everything we need. We have more than enough. We, we're satisfied in Christ. And, and if you can be like Paul who forgets the past and pressing forward to heaven and, and focusing on Christ, then you can become this agile person. And I believe you can position yourself. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new. See, you will not be able to see the new thing God's doing if you can't forget the former things. That's what Paul said. The reason Paul was so agile was he had to forget, and there were many things he needed to forget. I reckon the enemy brought up that picture of him standing with coats as they stoned Stephen so many times. That's who you are, Paul. You killed people. You, you put a head out on people. He had, to, he had to let go and let God. And, and you and I need to do the same thing. We're going to have to let go. You're going to have to forgive. Some of you are not, haven't forgiven people. You're going to have to forgive. The, the crazy thing is it says that, that as we forgive, we're forgiven. You know, I don't know about you, but I have got too many problems to live out of the forgiveness zone of Jesus. So, so when I have unforgiveness, I better sort it out because I don't want to live in a zone where, where God is given, what God's given to me can't get through me. He, he's given me forgiveness. I, I can't live outside of that zone. So when I hold unforgiveness, it's like I'm moving outside the forgiveness zone. I, 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 I've, I've got too many issues. I need to live in His grace. And, and you know, you, I've, I guess you guys are the same, the same as me. So, so if you need His grace as much as I need His grace, why don't we give His grace to our world? Why don't we forgive people? Why don't we let go of the past? Why don't we let go of what's happened to us? I don't know who you need to forgive. Our president? 
who, uh, the, the, the lady who said you can't smoke, and this yeah, it's, yeah it's like, can't you bring that in? <laughs> I can't believe she did that again. The alcohol store, you mean, I don't know who you need to forgive. The economy. But God says you need to let go. See, because I'm doing a new thing. I'm making a river in a desert. Streams in a wasteland. I'm about to refresh you. But God would like you to let go so you can let God. And that's what Paul understood. He became the most agile person in the Bible because he let go and let God. Every time he got into jail, he let go, he let God. God, what do you want to do now? What now, God? Not why, God? You want to find out if you've let go? Your response will be, what now, God, if you've let go? But if you haven't let go, your response will be, why me? Why now? Why has this happened again? A letting go response is, and letting God is, okay, what now? Or write a letter to the churches, Paul. Okay. I'm giving you time. This is going to change the world. Flexible people have this ability to forget and not to think on the past. You know, because their hope is in Christ. They don't dwell on the past. It's not that you don't remember your past. It's just that you don't let your past control your life. You don't let the past be the reason you make decisions. See, you're in Christ. Yeah, I'm going to make a decision. You know why? Because this is what happened in our country in our past, and it might happen again, so I'm going to decide on this. That's not a good decision. Whatever God gives birth to, He can sustain. God's faithful to finish the good work. So you need to let God help you make a decision that He can sustain. You need to let God help you make a decision that, that He gives birth to, that, that He'll fulfill, He'll finish. For you and I to become Christians who are healthy, we need to have a short memory and a clear direction. I forget the past. I press on to the future. Can I have the worship team up? So I don't know what, you might say, let's quickly go here. There might be one thing you need to change. You say, if I change this, it would change my life, Andre. It's the one thing that's really a blockage in my life right now. Maybe it's a habit. They say we're the sum total of our habits. We become what we repeatedly do. Maybe you are on social media all the time and, and it's disconnecting your relationships, your family. You're always on your phone. Your kids actually talk about it. Mommy, daddy, you're always on your phone. You sound weird, but you might wake up totally disconnected at one point and only connected to some people who say they're your friends, but you don't actually know them on Facebook or social media. Maybe that's a habit. You think if you change that, you'll eat supper together, you'll speak to your spouse more, you'll phone your friends more. Just that one habit. For some of you, on your device, you're looking at things you should never look at. And it's actually affecting your marriage. Young men, you're looking at some things on your phone and it actually is affecting your future marriage. Stop that now. Ask for help, tell somebody. It's a habit. And you can throw whatever habit there. It might be a negative. A lot of your negative habits are hidden. You won't actually realize it. They're like hidden, but they're producing something. Your relationships, maybe your marriage is split. It's divided. Every year you get further and further apart. 
He's saying, this is, the, from now on, I'm gonna start to move closer and closer together. I'm gonna change the direction of where this is going. Your relationship with your, your parents, your family. Maybe it's debt. You've lived in debt for so long. You're saying, this is it. I'm gonna change it. Um, this is the, I'm gonna start moving towards being debt free. I'm gonna start paying it. I'm not gonna add any more bills. I'm gonna start to pay these ones and, and close these accounts and be debt free. For some of you, it's your health. Your spouse has told you, I'm so worried about your health. I'm so worried that you're not gonna see your children grow up one day. I'm so worried that you're not gonna reach your destiny. Your health, you're not taking care of yourself. Please, will you please change your diet? Will you please take care of yourself? And, and that's the one thing you're saying, if I change that, it's gonna change my life. For some of you, it's your dreams. You stop dreaming in this COVID season because you of all the uncertainty. God has not changed His plan for you. He gave you the dream. COVID cannot stop it. He who started it is faithful to bring it to fruition. Do you need to dream again? But if you have any of these examples or whatever other thing you thought of, there's one thing you need to do to get these done. There's one thing. The one thing is your relationship with Jesus. He's the only one who can help you do any of these things. But if you try to pursue these changes without pursuing Him first, you will be doing it in your own strength. But if you do it with Him, it says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. You need to pursue what Paul says, I do one thing, forgetting what lies behind, and pressing on towards Christ, towards heaven. So Paul was passionately committed and he was so deliberate in being obedient to letting go of his past. The only person who's worried about your past is the enemy. Jesus has got a future for you. He's the God of the second and third chance. The enemy hates that that He opens up this window of opportunity every day for you. He says His mercy is on you every morning. Every morning there's a new mercy, a grace, an opportunity for you. Look, He's doing a new thing. Paul understood it. No matter if it was in prison, on a shipwreck, beaten, there was this door of opportunity. If God opens the door, no man can shut it. Paul lived in the space where he knew the boundary lines for my life have fallen in pleasant places. My coming in and my going out is blessed in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna let go of my past, I'm gonna let focus on the future. So when the enemy reminds you of your past, you have to remind him of the cross that he lost already and Jesus is one. When you wake up every day, you need to say, thank you, God, your mercies are new every morning. There's an opportunity for me to serve you, to honor you at my workplace. If people need prayer, I'm gonna pray for them, but I'm gonna honor you by living outwardly and making the most of my day for your glory. And then when you're worried about your future and the uncertainty, you say, let tomorrow worry about itself because Jesus has already secured my destiny. I'm destined for heaven. And like Paul, you're gonna find your life agile, not fragile, 
and you're going to see that your greatest opportunity is to see people one for Christ. It says in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 that God looks across the earth to see those who are fully committed to Him and He shows Himself strong on their behalf. There is strength for you as you're committed to God every day, letting go of your past. Simply, salvation isn't being in church. Salvation is accepting Jesus' forgiveness and making Him number one in your life. If He's third on your list, you need to put Him on the top of your list. Salvation is receiving the forgiveness of Jesus and making Him Lord of your life. Number one. And that's what Paul understood. Maybe you're in this place and He's not number one in your life. He used to be number one and you want to make Him number one again. Or for the first time, receive His forgiveness and make Him number one. With every eye closed, if that's you, give me a wave. If you're saying, Andre, I want to come back to Jesus. Awesome. I need to make Him number one in my life. Awesome. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. Anyone else? Awesome at the back there. Awesome. Just quickly with every eye closed, one more time. Everyone put their hand up just so that we can, I can see and pray for you. We love, just pop your hand up on three. One, two, three. Everyone put their hand up. Awesome, 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 awesome. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to receive you as my Savior. And I also want to make you the Lord of my life. You're number one on my list. I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus thanks. For anyone who made that decision, I'm so happy for you. For some of you, you're saying, I'm putting him number one on the list. He wasn't, or for the first time, I received forgiveness. I encourage you to come, to be in church every Sunday, to get planted, and to go on this journey of victory and freedom. Let's see, if you need prayer, we've got a prayer table, and you need to take a next step, there's a table outside, the banner's there, take your next step. Tonight, we're launching a new praise song. We'd love to see you there. God bless.